Republican, Democrat, if you're in a left-leaning city and you invest in a left-leaning city, you're going to have more rules and regulations. Correct. And it doesn't matter whether you have short-term rentals or long-term rentals yeah. or apartment complexes. They are going to say, this is what you're allowed to do and this is what you aren't allowed to do. So guess where I don't invest? What's up guys? Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore, and we are back with another Whiskey Wednesday episode. Dave and I are going to talk about a couple things going on in our world. We always cover some personal items in Vodacy, what we're doing, what we're having fun out there in the world doing, and then also cover a trending topic that's going on and answer some questions. And so if you have questions, make sure you're sending them in, reply on one of our social platforms, DMing us, whatever you need to do, email us, support of Odyssey. We'll get those questions answered for you on an upcoming Whiskey Wednesday episode. So Dave, let's dive in today. What do we have on the agenda today? Feels like uh, it's been a while since we had this. You know, we, we were... Uh, <laughs> hey, we do it every Wednesday. I Don't know, tell everybody know, that sometimes we record a couple of... <laughs> A no, couple at a time. I, I just feel like, you know, we, we were in Alaska last week uh, fishing. Yes, we were. And, so that's uh, why we're doubling up this time. A couple people said they, they haven't seen us take a sip. Oh, let's, I know. Somebody said let's that. Have let's have a sip let's, while, let's we're, start, while we're hey, at it. You know what I mean? Hey, sometimes we start at 8 in the morning, and so we don't sip whiskey. But, hey, this one is actually in the afternoon. <laughs> so, well, let's talk about that a little bit. So you and I have a little tradition. Every year we go to Alaska in September. We go up and uh, fish in southeast Alaska for the silver salmon. Yep. Been a heck of a fun run that we've had together. Um, you've been up there about seven, 16, 17 years. Yeah. I've been up there just a few, few more. But man, that's been that's been a fun trip, huh? That's a dang fun trip. Yeah, yeah we just got back. It's one of those trips every single year that we just look forward to it, yeah. right? Like, I think yeah. my first year was back in two thousand six. Man, it's been a while. Your dad started the trip. Yeah, back how many in, years ago? Uh, you've been man. A first year. Was I your went first was year about nineteen eighty six. Yeah. I think 1986, the first year that I went. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's been fun. Yeah, so. so we go up to this spot called Yakutat, Alaska, southeast Alaska. We go up chasing the silvers and flying into rivers, mostly river fishing. Yeah. We don't do any of the ocean fishing. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it's one of those trips that we just look forward to every year. I get so stressed out right before <laughs> I go every single year. You always laugh at me. Teresa always laughs at me. She's like, Ugh. "Come on, you got to You know, it's one of my funnest weeks of the year. But I know, you know, it always feels like we're disconnected. You don't have internet right. you don't have phone right everything's just off the grid and you know you're forced to really disconnect and i stress out about it until yeah. you're about into day two or three and you're like yeah. man this is kind of nice you it's know? super fun i know <laughs> yeah. it's hard to leave work it's hard to leave your family but man when you get up you know scenery and nature and up there catching yeah. fish and oh man it's just and the crazy thing too is i always think about when i'm when we're up there is when we leave to go up it's summertime when we return it's fall here yeah in Utah. yeah the cool weather set in starts to get colder in the evenings the days aren't quite as warm but it's uh yeah it's, it's that transition from summer to fall uh, for us every year. It's so, fun. And yeah. it's something we look forward to every year, yeah. right? We've got, a, we've got a great group of guys, pretty yep. much the same group. Yeah. You know, that uh, some guys have, have yeah. gone in and out over the years, but the last five or six years, we pretty much have the same group every single year. Yeah. It's been it's been really fun. What's no, your favorite part about my it? My favorite part, there's different things that we do every day. We float the river one day. We do a fly out one day. You know, we, we just do something different every day that we, we take a jet boat down the river one day, all river fishing. I love the scenery. So my favorite part is, is being able to do, you know, we're fishing every day, but we're yeah. doing a different adventure every single day. And that makes yeah. it super fun. So yeah. yeah. What about you? What do you like? You know, I, it's funny. The first, my first 
you know, five or six years, I was just like, I wanted to catch as many fish as yeah. possible. You know, it's like I'm counting every fish yeah. I catch and yeah. you're just trying to catch, catch, catch. It didn't matter anything else that was going on. Now we just, I can go catch a couple of fish and I like to walk up and down the banks. Like you said, we're in a different spot every single day and almost always on the rivers in some areas, like one river we fished this year, we fished it before, but we fly in and the pilot who flies into this specific river, we were the first group all year long to yeah, fish this river. I mean, it's awesome. crazy. I mean, you're the first you're the first people to set foot on the river yeah. and, and the bears and the eagles and everything else yeah. around. It's really, really pretty fun. I mean, and so now I, my favorite part is just kind of exploring those new areas. Yeah. Yeah. I love, we always catch a fish and fillet it and cook yeah. it over the coals yeah. and uh, have have it for lunch. And that's always amazing. I mean, you literally catch a fish and, and in, you know 20 minutes later, you're enjoying it and that's yeah. that's super fun yeah it's too, fun so. yeah but we don't we don't get on the boats do we no we don't get on the boats we don't go in the ocean i don't i don't, I don't either yeah you don't either but anymore it, we sean and i try. we're pretty tough guys you know if you know us but <laughs> yeah. him tougher than me but uh we don't uh boy that that uh that sea will bring us to the knees I, we both get sick out there so we don't do any halibut fishing or get on those boats no uh, we boats, have a few uh, guys that do but that's uh those guys that go out yeah, on the on, on tough. the ocean they're tougher than me I, i'm back <laughs> exactly. I'm the guy that's hanging over the edge yeah. of the boat puking. Yeah. So. so I know a lot of our, our, our fans and, and our followers will see some of the photos and some of the things we did on up there this year. So What is my Instagram Odyssey handle? Sean Moore. <laughs> Odyssey Sean Moore. Odyssey Sean Moore. Go check out a, on yeah. Instagram. We got some awesome we got some awesome photos on yeah. Instagram, guys. And uh, you did hey Dave was you were kind oh, of like a, you were kinda of like a cameraman this yeah, year. You know, I was, we, were, uh, we, were, we were we were trying like crazy to be influencers up yeah, there, guys. It, so, I mean, we're so just, if you can't right go fit. go like and follow our stuff because <laughs> you know awesome. <laughs> we did we did our best to be like influencers yeah. until next year we'll keep preparing yeah. and get excited uh, the, the other great thing is we bring home a lot of salmon for our freezers oh, and we yeah. eat it all year long and it's yeah. so fresh and so nice it's, yeah. that's a fun part of it too it's awesome yeah so well good this is this is kind of a fun one you and i this was last week we we had heard uh, and saw a an airbnb article in uh you know, in a magazine, or I think maybe it was online, and it talked about Airbnbs and VRBOs in New York City and how they were changing some regulations and, and that it was really going to affect, you know, the Airbnbs in New York City itself. And um, I thought it was super interesting, the article. And I, I want to kind of, I'll let you get give a second just to kind of give the premise of what was discussed, but I also want to call out a few comments in here and I, I think this is super important for yeah. our, our followers to understand and, and listen to yeah and this is an article that was what was the what was the title of the article not that because not, uh, I said the we, end of Airbnb in New York City so yeah. the end of yeah. Airbnb so in it New was, York City and and we've seen this in a lot of major metropolitan areas yeah. right and so the basis of the article is Airbnb's over you can't do it anymore yeah. and they're going to be shut down in these New York cities just you know one of many cities that you know San Francisco's on the line Seattle Portland Chicago yeah. all these big cities are mentioned to say they're next yeah. you're not going to be be able to do airbnbs and this specific article was from a major it's not our style to call people out by yeah. name and so but it's it's a major publication um well the publication but the this was an email from a, a major investor yeah does sell sells courses on investing in apartments right and basically saying that Hey, I've always said Airbnbs are bad, right? And it's, you know, that's not yeah. what, uh, you know, you shouldn't invest in single family homes. You should do apartments. We'll get into that later. At the end of the day, we've been saying this for a long time. Right. You guys, short term rentals are our mainstream assets yeah. at this stage. Yeah. You're going to have areas that like them and areas that don't like them. A lot of major metropolitan areas, 
they're worried about affordable housing as they should be, yeah. right? I don't think personally, and we won't get into this today, I don't think personally that short-term rentals hurt the lack of affordable housing. Affordable housing is, is if you buy something as a long-term rental, you're probably gonna long-term rent it, but we won't get into that topic. But their opinion is that short-term rentals being active in the city is going to take away from the supply and the inventory of affordable homes that other people can right. rent. That's a problem across the board in major, especially right. in major metropolitan areas. Yeah. And so we've had to deal with strict regulations in major metropolitan areas for a long time. Yeah. That has nothing to do with this game going away. Short-term yeah. rentals are not going away. They're no. mainstream. People are gonna prefer them. There's gonna be areas that hotels work better. There's gonna be areas that short-term rentals work better. And you have to understand that. Yeah. Just like any other asset, you can't go build, you know, you can't go put a 7-Eleven right next to a school because it's not gonna be zoned correctly, yeah. right? Yeah. Short-term rentals have their own zoning and rules yeah. and regulations now. And a lot of major metropolitan areas are going to not be in favor of short-term rentals. New York City, came out and banned short-term rentals without you know following certain rules and regulations and things like that that's going to be normal right so to say that it's that it's over i think is is yeah. a, you know yeah I well mean, and i i would say it's too, clickbait right so here's here's a couple points one i don't remember ever and and maybe i'm wrong but i don't remember ever one of our vodacy members buying a short-term rental in new york city in chicago or la i don't know they don't and work they, yeah they don't work well and i shouldn't say they don't work that's that's categorically false as well yeah they, they do can work and can work but they're not going to be favorable permits and licensing yeah. that you're going to be able to go get to be able to operate right. and so it's probably not where you're going to be investing anyways yeah yeah the other interesting thing was this was in the article and i'll read a word for it but it said airbnb wasn't worried about this recent news because only one percent of their 2022 revenue came from the big apple rent right so yeah. really, there there aren't a lot of short-term rentals in those areas, and they're not worried about it because when people are buying an Airbnb, VRPO, short-term rental vacation home, they're buying them in other locations. Right. They're a little bit more friendly and so forth. So yeah. I, I thought that was super interesting. Now, so a couple of things. So he said, um, and I'm just gonna read these, but it said, all short-term rental owners looking to make some extra cash now have to find a better alternative. One that won't get them won't get taken out from under them. So they're saying, he's saying in the article, find another you know option because yeah. they're going to pull them from that. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, what do you say to that? <laughs> <laughs> I say buy in areas like I've always said. Right. One of the very first steps in acquisition, number one step, is to figure out if you can get licensed and permits for short-term right. rentals. And if you have to operate in the gray area, if you don't have licensing and zoning and permitting in place in the area you're investing, it could be, it could, the rug could get pulled out from under Correct. you. The rug's not getting pulled out from under you. You didn't do your underwriting right. correctly. Right, exactly. You have to take responsibility and say, I, I went and bought in an area that I wasn't allowed to do a short-term rental. And, right. and allowed means that you actually have a, a license and a permit and the zoning to do right. so. Right, right. Yeah. So he goes on to say, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, single family housing will not get you to financial freedom. Neither will short-term rentals. This is just more proof. I, I think that's totally wrong. Absolutely against everything that we talk about yeah. because we're investing in markets that are profitable, that are zoned correctly. We're not buying properties in New York City and Chicago and LA because of these reasons. Right. And I get it, they may be, you know, cracking down on this, that, that's exactly why we don't, you know, promote yeah. or buy them. And, and to say, you know, and I know who said this, and it's disappointing because 
I believe he's a good trainer, yeah. right? I, I believe he understands what he's doing in apartments and, and investing in apartments. But you guys have heard me say all the time, I love short-term yeah. rentals. It's all I invest in. But have you ever told, heard me say that apartments are bad, that long-term rentals are bad, commercial right. properties are bad, yeah. you know, all these different asset classes within real estate? No, yeah. there are pros and cons in every single asset with real estate, yeah. within, within real estate. It's by far and away, real estate is the number one way to build wealth in America, yeah. period. Yeah. It's not even, it's not even an argument. I mean, it, it, real estate has created more wealth than all the other right. assets or all the other investments combined. Real estate is a good investment. Apartments are good. Commercial properties are good. Long-term rentals, single family rentals, short-term rentals. To say that single family rentals and short-term rentals are not good investments is crazy. One, they're the most accessible investment for the average everyday American. That's crazy to say that, that you can't build lifestyle and financial freedom. I mean, we know how many people yeah. that do it. We yeah. have 2,500 yeah. people yeah. that we've helped over the last three years. Yeah. There's so many people that are they're building lifestyle and financial freedom in that. He says that short-term rental game can change on you overnight and you should not, you shouldn't invest in short-term rentals because of this. Right. Well, if I own a apartment complex, and because I think he went on to say this doesn't happen with apartments, yeah, and that's why I stick with them. If you, I own an apartment complex in New York, Seattle, L.A., these all these other San Francisco, these other markets that he's mentioning, that that's why I only own apartment complexes. You still have rules and regulations right. with apartment complexes. Right. Are they ever gonna say you can't long-term rent something in any city across the nation? Probably never, yeah. never gonna happen, right? But guess what they do in these exact same cities that are restricting short-term rentals? They have this thing called rent control. Doesn't matter what you pay for your property, doesn't matter how much improvement right. you do to your property, right. they tell you, you can't charge more than right. X. Right. They have things like moratorium evictions, or moratoriums on evictions, where right. you can't evict somebody. Does You don't get a moratorium on paying your mortgage payment when you own that apartment, but the city can come in and say, you can't evict somebody. Yeah. So yeah. you still have challenges. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't really matter, it, it, especially in these types of cities that are highly regulated. I don't give a shit what you are, Republican, Democrat, if you're in a left-leaning city and you invest in a left-leaning city, you're going to have more rules and regulations. Right. Right. And it doesn't matter whether you have short-term rentals or long-term long rentals yeah. or apartment complexes. They are going to say, this is what you're allowed to do and this is what you aren't allowed to do. So guess where I don't invest yeah. in those types of cities. Right. Right. If you want to invest in those types of cities, that's your prerogative. Just and your everybody diligence. can do their own due diligence yep. and yep. their own underwriting. But they go out and say, okay, because New York right. banned short-term right. rentals, the right. short-term rental game is over. Yeah. Is absolutely, I mean, it's yeah. crazy to Maybe Making a blanket statement is is wrong. I think that's totally yeah. wrong. I mean, yeah. do your data or do your research and, and understand the data yeah. and invest in markets that are short term yes. rental friendly. Because there are plenty of yeah. them. And I mean, there's, and yeah. I, th I mean, the part that was so interesting is that only one percent of Airbnb's revenue even came from New York City. So yeah, it is a because it's a in, small in blip reference in the overall in the market. overall market. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. anyways, I just thought that was good. I think I think it's important. I think sometimes they catch you on a title and people don't dive in or don't understand, and so they kind of believe what they read sometimes. So I think it's good to get all all perspectives, and it was nice to get our perspective on that as well yeah. because yeah. we love what we do and we're we're moving forward right now. Uh, you know, you and I are in acquisition mode. We're looking at properties oh, right here. It's so phenomenal opportunities yeah. right now even at like eight and a half nine percent right. interest rates that we're right. paying right now i if mean the numbers work the numbers work yeah because there's a lot of people sitting on the sidelines but yeah. i don't just you don't just go blindly buy in any right. area the number one 
step in underwriting is making sure you can get and you're investing in an area that is short-term rental friendly that right. you can get the licensing the permits and the zoning to operate as a short-term yeah. rental because yeah. now that it's a mainstream asset class today in today's age we have to look at that stuff five or six years ago we had to operate in the gray because there wasn't a lot of municipalities right. that addressed the issue it wasn't really recognized as a mainstream asset back then yeah. it, the, since we've had this absolute like acceleration of maturity since covid most municipalities are addressing the issue and so right. it's our responsibility as investors just like any other yeah. asset class yeah. we have to make sure that we can operate good yeah. well good well i uh, let's keep moving forward I, okay. I i love talking about that stuff it's a good topic it's i think what people are kind of hearing and what, what's going on in the market it, but let's get to a couple questions. Okay. Um, so we got Gary. Gary reached out and said, I am considering a DSCR loan. What are the pros and cons? So I think probably we, you should, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about what, what is a DSCR yeah. loan and what are the goods and bads of it? Because there are there absolutely is goods and some cons to you know a DSCR loan. Yeah. So when it comes to acquiring property, you have a lot of different finance options. DSCR loans, what that stands for is debt service coverage ratio loan. Right. What it is is the bank is going to look at the asset itself and they're going to underwrite the income that the asset generates to decide if it can service the debt. Yeah. And they want a certain ratio. Most of the time, they want to see that that asset is generating revenue of 1.2 to 1.3 percent. You know, times the yeah. actual debt service, yeah, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. so that's what a DSCR loan is. And so you, the the reason they're attractive to investors is you don't have to qualify for with your own personal income to get the loan. So that's, the a, asset that's it, one of the pros. That's too. one of the absolute yeah. pros. Yeah. You don't, the asset's going to qualify. Yeah. And so if you have a really good property that you're, that you're borrowing against, and it's going to generate some good income. And the nice thing about our short-term rental world is these DSCR loans, they'll use projected income, not actual income. So you can look at a property that's never been a short-term yeah. rental and they will they will underwrite it based on its projected income. On a DSCR loan, do they pull your credit? Yes. Do they look at that stuff? How, how does that all work? Is yeah. that similar to a regular conventional loan? It, as far as credit, it is. They want to see that you, that you have a good credit score. Okay. You're going to have to still have a good credit score. They're all different. Most of the time, they're going to want to see a 700 or above credit score. Okay. Now, do they pull their your W-2? No, they do not look at anything as far on as income. In, income verification. Okay. All they're doing is pulling your credit. Gotcha. And they and they want to make sure they're actually going to lend the money to an LLC. They're going to require you most of the time to set up an LLC. Not all DSCR loans are, are created so equal. So do your research, check yeah, them out, absolutely. see which one works best for you. The, the pros are, you, exactly, as long as you have a decent credit score and the property is going to underwrite, okay, you're going to get the loan. You're going to have to put more down though. They're right. going to be 20 to 25% down loans typically. There are products that are 15% down. And so you can even get them all the way down to 15%. And there's more and more lenders coming into this space okay. even recently because what happened is through the through that real wild ride that everything was going up lots of lenders were in when when rates really skyrocketed a lot of lenders started pulling back and on the conventional loan, traditional loan side, it's, I don't know if anybody has, that's listening has gotten and tried to get a loan right now. The criteria, the, the qualifications personally has skyrocketed. Yeah. Well, DSCR kind of pulled back a little bit and then they started to realize, oh, this is a really good market still for us. There's a lot of really good properties. And so we're starting right. to see that's good. lower down yeah. payments and more competitive interest rates because usually you're gonna pay a point to a point and a half higher than what you would on a full dock loan, which is a well, full dock loan is basically you giving your W-2s, your tax, you know, yeah. your last two years of income, bank statements, and, everything. Bank statements, yeah. everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's like, you know, that's what you would typically think about when we go get a mortgage. With the DSCR loan, you don't provide any of that, but you pay for it 
by putting a little bit more down. So the cons are a little bit more money down and, and, and higher, higher interest rate. Interest rate. And then the, the third con that a lot of people don't think about is that they usually have a prepayment penalty, mm -hmm. anywhere from three to five year prepayment penalty. Okay. So because you, what you don't want to do is go get one of these loans and then think, well, I'll just refinance it in six months. Gotcha. You're going to have a pretty big bill to refinance. And, yeah. usually, yeah. and usually it graduates down, but usually if it's a three year, prepay, uh, three year prepayment, it'll be a 3% prepayment. Next year, it'll be 2%, 1%, till it's gone. Gotcha. Five year will be the same thing. 5%, 4%, 3%, and it steps down by a point every year. Gotcha. That Those things, down payment rates, prepayment are pretty similar across the board. And But I always tell people when they're getting and looking at DSCR loans, and, and Gary, this is, this is really applicable to you as well, you really want to shop them around because a lot of times they're portfolio products yeah. and portfolio products means they're not going and selling that loan on the open market to a, you know a pool of investors and they've got like conventional loans when you get a mortgage you usually get your mortgage and then all of a sudden three months later so you're paying your payment to somebody else somebody's taking that servicing that loan or buying that note yeah right yeah. on the dscr notes a lot of times are held by the individual banks and because of that they can have different criteria across the board. Well, you might talk to five or six different DSCR lenders gotcha. and they're all a little bit different. And so you need to make sure that you ask those questions and, and have those conversations. Perfect, that's good. Yeah, I think that's I think that's one of those things that's the term is thrown around a lot. Not of people understand exactly what that is, but yeah. it is an option that people ought to consider and, and dive absolutely. into to see if it's something that they wanna- Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's very similar to a lot of commercial type loans yeah. where the, the bank's not really looking, when somebody goes and buys a commercial property, they're not typically looking at saying, hey Dave, can you afford this $10 million commercial property? They're gonna say, okay Dave, you're buying this, what's your experience? And then I need to really look and yeah. see what kind of income that property is yeah. gonna generate. Good. That's available to us now in the short-term rental world on single family homes. And that's really, really exciting to have. Okay, last question. Okay. Uh, this is from Carly. Is the short-term rental market oversaturated? Pretty broad question, but I think, you know, we get that question a lot yeah. uh, during our webinars and some of the other things that come up. So Carly had asked, you know, is, is, it, is it oversaturated? Yeah, so Carly, the, the oversaturated is a, hard, is a hard question to ask. Is it oversaturated, undersaturated? Is it just regular now? Supply and demand is always typically going to yeah. even out, right? We feel like it's oversaturated because the last two or three years, there was this big, yeah. like yeah. leading up to COVID, supply and demand were pretty even. Yeah. COVID hits, demand skyrocketed, yeah. and it's taken supply a little while, uh, a little while to kind of catch up. Yeah. And so, in my opinion, the market was way undersaturated there was not in there was nowhere near enough right. homes to help and, and service all that demand yeah. right and so now carly what we have is supply and demand have caught up and so everybody feels like it's oversaturated the fact of the matter is in most of the markets we're looking at the demand continues to go up even though supply has gone up right. caught up right there is still a lot of demand out there yeah. a lot of money being spent in these markets and so what it's and i can tell you it is because i was bought my first property back in 2006 and i was putting it on ksl local classifieds right. and craigslist right, right? and it's a lot harder to create demand in an undersaturated market For than it sure. is to go into a saturated market right. with a ton of demand and then be able to stand out and get your unfair share of business. Yeah. So don't worry so much about 
oversaturation worry about what it takes to go create this unique experience yeah. and be able to get your to unfair share of business. Top of the Absolutely. Yeah. The top of the market, there's a lot of money to be to be made in the top of the market because there's a lot of money being spent yeah. in those markets. Yeah. Good. Well, I think that's all we got for today, okay. buddy. I awesome. uh, appreciate talking to you. My best buddy. Hey, we get a chance hey, to just kind of go back I know. and forth. I like it. You know, different topics it's, and it's ideas good. and hopefully uh, I can drink whiskey. You can drink <laughs> exactly. Coke Zero exactly. and, and we have fun. Yeah. yeah. So good awesome. being with you today. All right, guys. Well, we'll wrap this episode up. We love your questions. Make sure you send them in. And you guys know at the end of every episode, I ask you two things. One, if you like this, if you got any value out of it, you think somebody else might, share it, like it. If you have more than 30 seconds, leave us a review on the platform that you are listening to it on. We really do appreciate it. And then the final and most important thing is to go pick one thing you can do today to start building that life you don't want to take a vacation from. Cheers, my friends. Cheers, buddy. Cheers.